0: Brian
1: Zemrak Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is episode 600 of the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with an amazing guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week, being our 600th episode, so many different episodes we've had, uh, so many other podcasts, will turn around and talk about what they've done in the past, but not here at On Screen and Beyond. We are going to continue with another great guest. Yeah, we, if you want to listen to all the amazing people we've had and, and listen to them for yourself, just go back to your favorite podcast provider and just look at the uh, all the episodes we've had. We've been continually putting them back up. We've getting them up there for you. Uh, I believe we're over 500 and something now uh, of our 600 episodes that we've had. Or maybe, maybe we're even up to... I, I don't know. We're, we're getting close anyways. <laughs> I keep putting them up. And uh, you can hear all those people. And we've had such amazing guests over time. But uh, this week... We have a great guest coming your way once again. Christopher Knight is going to be joining us. He, of course, was on the Brady Bunch as Peter. He was on the Brady Bunch Variety Hour, which was one of those Sid and Marty Croft shows. And he was on My Fair Brady and and just Gunsmoke and just so many other shows he was on. Christopher Knight's going to be joining us here, so uh, get ready for that. That's coming in in just a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. And he will be at... CroftCon on May 21st, that is at the Orinda Theatre in Orinda, California, and uh, it's to celebrate all the shows of Sid and Marty Croft, and of course uh, he will be there, and uh, some guests from the uh, Land of the Lost, Wesley Ure and Kathy Coleman will be there. And Butch Patrick will be there. Who was, of course, Eddie Munster, but he was in Lidsville, so uh, he is going to be joining us there. And it, it is going to be so much fun. They are getting that theater to look amazing for when. I just can't. I can't. Uh, you know, <laughs> tell you all the things they're doing, but it is going to be. Uh, they, they've made props and everything. It's going to. It's going to be so much fun. If you are going, uh, get ready for a great time. Uh, it's just going to be so much fun. So, what do you say, uh, want to get right to Christopher Knight in a few minutes here, but why don't we get right into Remake Madness? That's right, Remake Madness coming your way right here on On Screen and Beyond. And try again. Remake Madness, it looks like the remake of Father of the Bride has released its first trailer, and the film is coming our way on June 16th. And 1976's The Omen is getting a reboot of sorts. In development is a prequel called The First Omen, and that's over at 20th Century Studios. In 1991's Don't Tell Mom, the Babysitter's Dead, it has a remake coming, and it now has Tyra Banks on board in the cast. And that's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming away as far as upcoming new movies? upcoming new movies. Liam Neeson will star in a gangster thriller called Thug. Look for Ray Romano to play college basketball coach Jim Villano in a biopic. And you can look for James Franco to star in an action thriller called Mace in which he plays a corrupt and unhinged veteran cop. And that's it for upcoming new movies. Coming up next On, on Screen and Beyond, let's go down to Sequel City and find out what's coming your way as far as sequels. Sequels. It looks like a sequel to Dirty Dancing will have Jennifer Grey back as baby, and she returns to Kellerman's in the 1990s. And her story will be intertwined with a story of another young girl's coming-of-age story, and you can look for that in 2024. And a sequel to 1980. 84's classic mockumentary this is spinal tap it's been announced and you can look for it in 2024 to mark the 40th anniversary of the the original and dan stevens has joined the cast of godzilla vs. kong 2 that's it for sequels next tv on dvd TV on DVD, well, it looks like July 12th. You can look for Aqua Teen Hunger Force, the Baffler Meal Complete Collection on DVD. Also on July 12th, you can look for Batwoman, the third and final season on DVD and Blu-ray, and Ragdoll Season 1 arrives on June 14th. That's it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen be on Movies on DVD. Movies on DVD, Shadow of the Cat with Danny Trejo comes to DVD on June 14th. The Lost City with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum hits on July 26th. And June 21st, you can look for The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent with Nicolas Cage. That's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. (laughs) TV and Entertainment Time, well, get this one. Married with Children is coming back with the original cast. But, all right, there's always a but, this time it will be an animated series. So no word yet where it's going to end up, but uh, it is out there being pushed. So it looks like that's going to be coming our way. And Magnum P.I. has been canceled on CBS. And uh, sadly, actor Fred Ward of The Right Stuff, Tremors, and Remo Williams has passed at the age of 79. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, Christopher Knight, Peter Brady, is coming our way right here. And we're going to talk about the Brady Bunch and the whole thing, and he's going to be at CroftCon on May 21st. It's Christopher Knight, right here on On Screen and Beyond. 600th episode of On Screen and Beyond our guest has been on many TV shows and films over the years including The Love Boat, Mannix, Gunsmoke, The Bionic Woman, Happy Days, Chips, Another World that 70s show and The Last Shark Nato It's About Time. With all those shows <laughs> and more we most remember him for his role as Peter Brady on the classic TV show the Brady Bunch. On Saturday, May 21st, he will be part of CroftCon at the Orinda Theater in Orinda, California, celebrating the works of Sid and Marty Croft. It's Christopher Knight. Chris, welcome to On Screen and Beyond.
0: Oh, Brian, thank you for having me on. I, uh, uh, you know, I, I guess it's a privilege to being the 600th
1: Yes, yeah, six hundred. Nice round.
0: It's, it's a nice round number.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, and uh, you know it's such a pleasure to to have you on because I mean let's face it, uh, you know me along with everybody else probably grew up watching you on TV. I, I mean, the, how did you get it into is, <laughs> that? Well, I mean, it, it, and it is true uh, more so every
0: day, and the reason being is that our show collected kids uh from the time we were originally on air and we uh, first aired in 69 kids from about you know the show was aimed for you know children from 4 to 4 to 14 and um if you were 15 16 or 17 at the time probably didn't watch the Brady Bunch um in fact, if you were if you were 17 you were trying to either you know dodge the draft or or signing up uh, to fight over in Vietnam um and experiencing you know uh, war. Uh, so everybody older that has now um, uh, reaching, you know, sort of their beyond golden years um, is leaving behind uh, a, a population uh, that has all <laughs> grown up with the Brady Bunch because it never really stopped being a filter uh, that children kind of watched and passed through over time. So it, it's it, it's an, been an extraordinary ride. Um, couldn't have predicted it. Um, what a pleasure and an honor to have been part of it. Um, and how did I get started? You know, my, my, I was born in New York city. My dad was a stage actor and, uh, it's a tough life, you know, to have a family and be an actor and support them through acting. Uh, ultimately there was this new type of, um, a, a job for an actor that had, you know, been you know, around for five or six years, but it looked like it wasn't going anywhere and it was growing. So maybe there was work in this thing called television, which was more or less on the West Coast. And my dad didn't believe acting was done anywhere but on stage. But hell, he had to feed a family. So uh, he would investigate what, you know, what dollars there were to be made uh, in television. This is in the late 50s and his family had moved out to the West Coast. And so he came out with us for Thanksgiving. We drove cross-country, 1959, and this is before the the highway system was even complete. Um, And uh, the idea was to stay for Thanksgiving and and maybe two weeks and then drive back. Um, Along the way, my mom got pregnant with my sister, um, and instead of going back, we ended up um, purchasing a house uh, and uh, staying. And that's where I was raised. And and, and times were thin because he continued to want to be an actor. Uh, And though television did have roles, there wasn't enough to really make uh, for comfortable living. Um, But my parents were frugal. We got by. And by the time I was, you know, seven or eight, perhaps parents were looking out, realizing that they're not going to be able to put us through – College, and they are both graduates, and believing that that was very important. Thought, yeah, hey, look at get them an agent. They'll do some commercials, and they'll put some money away, and that money can go to their their education uh, downline. And um, you know, it'll it, you know it can't hurt because I mean, if you're an actor and you have children, well, you know the game. You know you know how it works. You need an agent. I mean, and the only missing ingredient would be like, well, well what's your experience? But, but when you're dealing with an eight year old, there's <laughs> no experience required. So, you know, it's like, it literally, it, it, it's, it's, it's thrown the shit against the wall. Um uh, but it, that, it really, I, I was really sticky shit, I guess, cause I got the first interview we went on. My brother and I went on all the interviews together, not in the room together, being interviewed together, but if, but we were a year apart, um, 14 months. So we were right for any role that was right for me was right for him. And we probably, you know, in that first year went on 100 or more interviews. Wow. I worked constantly. He never worked. (laughs) Don't know why. Don't know what he was doing in that room. Um, And I don't know what I did that that caused people to react positively. Frankly, it was a surprise to my mom. And that's where it started. So, you know, and and, uh, luckily, um, with as little uh, resource as we grew up with, um, when I turned 18, my parents, unlike many of the stories you, you hear about uh, the families of a child actor who had some success, um, my, there was money there. You know, uh, There certainly was some used to help support the family, but um, I guess the majority was still around when I turned 18. So the story had a you know a positive ending. <laughs> yeah. And then it continued with this, uh, this Brady experience. Brady Bunch was just another one of the interviews that i went on but it wasn't called the brady bunch oh it wasn't i don't know what it was called it was either the bradley brood um Hmm. or uh the bradford brood interesting um and it was even our scripts our, our pilot scripts had a different name on the title um that ultimately during the shooting was was uh was changed or determined it was determined to be um, the Brady Bunch, right as we were filming. So. Hmm.
1: Now, it was, it, known of, forever. it was sort of like, um, what was this, the movie, uh, what is it, Six You Get Egg Roll or something like that? Uh, with, yes. Uh,
0: uh, um, um, was it Six to uh, um yes, um, uh, Henry, Fronda
1: right, Henry Fronda and Lucille Ball. Right, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it just reminded me of, of that type, you know, it was sort of like that. You know, of course, a TV show as opposed to a movie, but...
0: Uh, well, it was contemporaneous. I mean, the fact was, is um, and the interesting story, as I understand it, was that these were um, coincidental um, creations that Sherwood had written The Brady Bunch a few years earlier. Um, I think uh, the uh, the film that we're talking about uh, with six, you get egg roll, I think, was the movie. But um, that it was uh, produced and it released in 68, but Sherwood didn't have any luck with the Brady Bunch that he'd written until after the movie came out and was a tremendous success, proving the family um, concept um, and the blended family thing. Um, was sellable mm-hmm. and it was like everything else in Hollywood it's a copycat industry of course they see somebody else being successful with something um, you know others want to jump in and try their hand at the same thing so it seemed like it was a copy of the film but in fact it had been created before the film
1: yeah
0: so, interesting yeah. trivia
1: did you know any of the other the other kids from from other shows or acting or anything you had done before uh, no, uh, there were some that I had gotten
0: to know because if they're you're the same age or within a year or two of what age you are, you're gonna know, you're gonna see the same people on interviews, right? It's the same group. But since Barry was three years older, Michael was three years younger, unless there happened to be reading uh, roles whereby there was a younger brother, or an older brother, I wouldn't have uh, really met them by course um uh through the interview circuit and i never worked with them so no i not only didn't know them i didn't know the work i i um you know being seven or eight years old right Um uh, yeah. probably wouldn't have known if i was watching them if i had seen them before i'd become fans of their work just later you know so but no didn't know them at all hmm. so what but was then that you get kind of used to that though as an actor you show up playing a loving son um, to to new parents every time you show up, right? So you you become pretty facile at at being um, someone's brother or someone's son uh, pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, well, and and you guys all seem to be you know the the guys and the girls uh, all seem to be a family. I mean, it, it really you you either you guys were very good at doing it. <laughs> <laughs> or, or somebody, the director was really doing a good job, you know, making you look for us, the viewer, that you were a family.
0: Credit Sherwood Schwartz. Whether he, com- um, I know he intended it too. He, he wanted the environment to be family. He also, it, um, I, I recall so little about the interviews because you go on so many and you just forget about them. am sure very yeah. rarely you know, do you have one that lasts a you know, lifetime? If I'd have known it was going to last a lifetime, I might might have made certain to store the memories from the interviews more carefully. Um, but I do recall that there wasn't – it wasn't like a reading. It wasn't like a talent kind of uh, play the role uh, interview. It was more just ask questions and, um, you know, respond. I mean, you're just – you don't even know. what They're looking for – you know, responses, and uh, you know, at a, and, and and a look and a feel, and a, and a, and, a, and I don't know, an honesty, a temperament, something. Um, you don't know that as an eight-year-old. You're just sort of responding. You know, uh, they have models on the table, and you start playing with them, and they're asking you questions about this and that, and what food you like, and stuff. And you're just being you. Um, and that's what Sherwood, lucky for me, was looking for. He was looking for not actor kids. He didn't want an affected sort of child from from theater. Um, uh, he just wanted real kids who could act because it's going to be a tremendous amount of pressure to shoot a show in three days. Um, but he didn't worry about that aspect. He just figured uh, if he got, you know, real kids, he had what he wanted. And then he wanted to make certain that they had a wholesome, uh, supportive environment. Uh, and it was very clear that he... He made certain that it wasn't, and one of the lucks that we had as children is we had a welfare worker who was absolutely Mother Teresa. Um, her name was Frances Whitfield, and it, it, she imparted on all of us um, the value of being a good person. I mean, just really, she is um, – we had, we had at least three people whom we desperately didn't want to disappoint around us. And there were more. Certainly, the want to disappoint Sherwood, sure but the three I'm thinking of are Francis Whitfield, our welfare worker. And for the audience out there, a welfare worker in California, if you're a child under 18, you have to have a representative of the state um, overseeing your work as uh, not a guardian, but as your legal, as your, as an overseer, as a state, you know, mandated um, person who makes certain of the, child's welfare and that same person is also a teacher so in in the school year or the time that you're going to be in school that person has been teaching you your classes and in our case she was credited up until like eighth grade so when we got older than that they had to bring in another teacher but for the summertime when there is no class she's still there um and um she was just this terrific um woman just patient and, and stern in the most loving way and and uh she just instilled you know um, effortlessly these great values didn't want to disappoint her um didn't want to disappoint florence didn't want to disappoint bob um and there was something about the personality. She just that that kind of that kind of respect and love was also shown back You know, and uh, frankly, I didn't get that kind of respect at home. I'm not sure what kid gets that kind of level of respect at home. Maybe you shouldn't expect it because you're not working or in a professional environment. But it's where I learned that my opinion uh, mattered, you know, that I had ideas that um, were valuable to share. Um, And that that does a lot to build a person. So at the same time, um, we had all these adults around us who were there because Um, they were deemed to be acceptable in our environment. In other words, they were filtered already that they were going to be good for the environment for children. And, frankly, a lot of the crew that we had wanted to work on the show because with our show, because all of us, we we couldn't work beyond – we we had an 8 o'clock call. We had to be out by 5 o'clock. We had a 9 o'clock call. We had to be out by 6 o'clock. And we were always out by 5 or 6. Now, there could be some scenes – shot after that time if they were with the adults and that happened they saved those scenes for after five or after six but the majority of the saints had kids in them so uh, anyone working on our show knew that they were going to have um reasonable hours because you know sometimes on television shows you're working 18 hour days showing back up six hours later you know it's like uh it's it's grinding and uh, and in our case it's it, it helps um, those individuals who are not looking for the overtime, but are looking for, you know, um, a life outside of, uh, the work, uh, as a crew member. And, um, so there was a lot of individuals wanting to do our show because of the hours. Yeah. And, uh, they had to, you know, sort of be filtered through mm-hmm. as being somebody who also doesn't cuss and, you know, is, is, um, likes kids. And so we just had just a wonderful group of adults who were, Kid friendly, if you will. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and also, but, but, but didn't let us get away with murder. We also had our parents there. So there's a lot of adult supervision. Yeah. And perhaps that's why, it, you know, you see it on the screen. The fact is we also liked each other. I mean, the worst thing in the world would be, I mean, friends all the time say their kid's really cute. And though they never gave it a, a thought before, now that they have this child, he's so cute. He should be in show business. So how do I get him an agent? And I, and I said, why don't? But look at it. If they want to act. Let them act in school. When they turn eighteen, support them in, in you know in their endeavor to become a professional actor. But there's no reason to be a professional actor as a child because you have no idea of this of of the course that you're that you're setting out on. I mean, you know, first if you're not living in Los Angeles and you're working in Los Angeles, that means the family has to move. What about the other kids? You know, what they, I mean? What does it do to the family? You know, all this. There's so many dynamics that are you know, um that compromise family. Um I wouldn't say that anyone should be a child actor. Nonetheless, in my case, I have to admit that it did supply me with some stuff that wasn't available at home. Yeah. And I'm 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 who I am because of that experience. I, I I don't know what or who I would have been, um, but I don't think I would have been as um I don't know, Michael, I, I, you know, I I, I definitely would have been edgier. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I I, I was raised well because of the show.
1: Yeah. Now, let's face it, you're you're kids. You were all kids. um, Behind the scenes, when you're in, you know, class, uh, learning, you know, for school, and when you're just waiting for later on you're going to be, you know, doing a scene or something like that. Were there any memories of things that you did, not not bad things, but, you know, things you might not, you know, should have been, like uh, Bill Mooney who told me that he was lost in space, that, you know, he would go over to the next set and watch people and they'd go ride their bikes and things like that. Did, how, how did anything happen like that for you guys? Was You know, were you, yeah, were you sometimes yeah. doing things you shouldn't be? <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, we were, you know, I... I uh, it's exaggerated and Barry wrote a book and then, and then there was a, uh, sort of a, a documentary sort of a docudrama of us growing up, um, where he exaggerates that, you know, getting in a golf cart and driving around, never jumped in a golf cart. Um, we, it was, you know, um, a terrifically adult environment. And it's not like any of us had big heads. We were kept from having big heads. Um, or maybe none of us were inclined to have one. Um, Maybe because there was six of us, and and, and all of the attention got got evenly sp- spread around. Um, nonetheless, you know, there's there's an itch that young boys have, and I like him. You know, Mike and myself, uh, Michael Douglas played Bobby as Tom Sawyer and Huck fan. You know, we kind of had that kind of um, uh, desire to uh, explore you know uh but you know you i wasn't out of my mom's sight for very long uh but if we were walking to the commissary uh at a time when um you know aside from parents maybe the parents went before us and then we were changing our clothes and so we just go afterward you know we're now not under someone's um sideline so maybe we'll go a tour we'll walk this way let's see what's over here you know um you know had desire sometimes Never did to crawl up into the catwalk, it would have scared everybody half to death and would have gotten in great trouble for that. Um, but uh, you know, we were we were we were boys, you know, and one of the things that uh, you know, Sherwood wanted it was a good balance on is that let them be kids, you know. I mean, clearly, we're in an environment where we can't let them hurt themselves or hurt others or be irresponsible, but also let's not you know, nail them to you know their shoes to the floor and have them, you know, you know, go nowhere other than, uh, you know, mom doesn't have to hold their hand and walk them around, essentially. Um, give them some, you know, some latitude, some freedom to let them be boys in our case. And, and uh, you know, we never really got in trouble. I got in trouble for things like teasing Maureen. Yeah, Maureen. Maureen's mom couldn't drive. We lived just a few miles from one another. So for the entire run of the show, We'd pick Maureen and her mom up, my mom and I, and we'd drive into work and drive back to work together. Um, So I got to know Maureen differently than I got to know everybody else more more quickly. And she was more like a sister. Um, And as I acted toward my younger sister, you know, I I acted similarly toward Maureen. Girls were something to ridicule, (laughs) you know, and to tease, you know, because they were different, you know, and and uh and maureen was such a girl you know she was so prissy as far as i was concerned <laughs> you know she ne- she we needed to tease her because she was a mark you know she she was um she was easy to tease anyway one one of the shows they had you know marshworth's braces and they put real braces on really wow. and not having any and yeah not having any experience i mean for three days she had braces. <laughs> weird i mean it probably took two days one to put them on and another to take them off but uh she had real braces and while she had those braces on, I said, and I had no experience in this. I didn't have braces, you know, Oh, they're going to leave marks on your teeth. Now she was, she was, she was, uh, um, a princess. I literally, I mean, literally she, that's where she entered, um, the entertainment industry as a, like a, she won beauty pageants as a baby and as a four or five year old. So, you know, being, Beautiful and unmarred is was part of her makeup, and I'm here teasing her about how her teeth are going to be kind of like there's going to be big you know mars across them, scratches I don't know, and to the point where I scared her and she, she cried. That was like one of the times that her mom yelled at me, and I deserved it. I, but it was like oh I went too far. You're cruel, Chris. I, You're cruel. You know, I literally, I literally needed to learn where those fences were. But I would at times rub up against them, walk over them. But I didn't, I mean, I didn't do it chronically. Um, but we all enjoyed teasing Maureen and learned not to take it too far, you know, not to do it in the way that was uh, destructive or mean. Um, but she was, for the entire five years, um, uh, a mark for all of us to tease.
1: But well, she must have hated that scene, the 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 one where the football hits her in the face and her nose swells up, she must have hated doing that one.
0: <laughs> right. Well, I mean, because I mean, and I do believe that the writers initially wrote, you know, six kids. How do you write six? How do you write six different personalities? Mm. Well, you really don't. You start off with the youngest and you give them all the classically young things, you know, that they're the baby of the family. Everybody babies them, and the oldest, and he's got all the responsibility and he's the leader. And then you have you know, sort of the flavor that is the feminine version of each of those and the and and the masculine version of each of those, but middle is left up you know sort of like how do you identify middle and I think they have that idea with the Jan character that the middle is you know doesn't know who she is, and it really got played out and it continued to get played um and I think they tried to play that as well as I look back on it and play Peter that you know he too was always you know sort of in a in a dilemma right like who we yeah, have the personality kid and so forth. But you know, frankly, that didn't. That's they didn't really. They didn't stick around past the third year with that. Um, And into the third year, now the writers who are just out there. You know, these are not table writers. We don't have a staff of writers. We have a script editor, a story editor, and um, these are submissions. These are scripts written by. As, um, you know, uh, contract work uh, by writers. They're submitting, you know, you could, you you too could write an episode for, you know, uh, Cold Case Files, you know, and and submit it, you know. And, uh, you know, they might buy it and then do a little editing and, you know, make it one of their episodes for a season. Anyway, that's that's what um, happened in our case. And so these people writing these scripts are watching the show. And as they're watching the show, they're getting an idea who you are, just through your personality, just through that distance. It's not right. like we met any of the writers. And if we did, we didn't know we were meeting them if they came to the set. In any case, they started imbuing our characters with us, you know? So, yes, that thing about Maureen getting her nose is probably something they sensed because she did have sort of – and I don't know where they picked it up because it wasn't totally obvious in her case that she was so um, – uh, it wasn't vain, but it was vain. You know, it was, a, 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 I guess, assumption is that anybody who's that pretty is probably somewhat vain. Um, and they wrote it in that she'd get her nose busted. But the thing is, they also got in that it would be Peter throwing the ball. <laughs> it would be Peter with the science project getting her and all of her friends muddy. And I took such pleasure in that. It was like, it was like things I couldn't do. In real life, were written into a script. Wow.
1: Huh. Yeah. Jeez. And, <laughs> and 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 it's funny because they would take different episodes, uh, different you know shows, and key it toward mainly toward one. Like the time when you had to wear the glasses. Uh, no,
0: not me. Jan wore the glasses. Jan, wore the glasses? I wore. Well, so I did. I wore. I played. I played a double. I played another character, looked just like me. Arthur Arthur right the, the we're, oh, we're gee, all of a sudden yeah, 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 yeah. I'm on both sides of the screen yeah my my experience doing split screen back in the day um and and Arthur wore glasses yeah 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 so Peter but it's
1: uh yeah so, so is there any one thing that you remember or, or a couple of things that that are most memorable from the show from when you were doing it on screen or off screen it, it,
0: well, I mean, going to Hawaii, I mean, just the whole experience oh, yeah. of, of, uh, of having a place like that, um, uh, very early in one's life to have, um, a shop, a place, a, a place to belong. Um, I experienced that so young. I certainly missed it. Um, once it, it was gone, um, there's something nice about having uh, an acting job that lasts uh, a period of time. You, you truly get to know your players um, well and they become friends and, you, and become lifelong friends as we have. Uh, part of that is also because this thing has never completely died. There's exactly. a lot of stuff that goes on besides just the shooting of the show. There's the publicity, um, and there's you know reverberations of it. Uh, and in our case, those reverberations sort of cycle back every seven years. You know, we're asked to do something new or we're doing something new. But, it, but like, you know, the reason we're talking today is that, uh, you know, doing, uh, CroftCon for, um, your brother, yeah. um, you know, California. And, uh, uh, you know, reason being just cause, we're, well, it's a first CroftCon. It's a great idea to get together and celebrate Sid and Marty Croft and what they meant to all of us who grew up around, grew up on Saturday mornings watching uh the ma- you know the magic of their their puppetry uh and then i had the you know the, the great experience of you know being on uh, the uh, uh what we what did we call the the, the Brady uh, variety show right, which variety was hour. like like yeah um, and, and they produced it you know and um
1: it was it was a hoot. were they on and set a lot with you when you were filming yes
0: that? yes they were um, they they were right there. We were right next door to uh, Donnie and Marie, which was also there Also theirs. Um, yours. yeah. So most of all the other uh, uh, celebrities who've been invited back to do or been invited to CroftCon are and support of Sid and Marty are those who worked with them in in a in a in a, in a puppet environment like uh, Butch Patrick from Lidsville and Johnny Whitaker, um. Uh, but i remember you know i was a, you know i was a fan and watching on saturday morning and and apparently we're going to honor them and we're going to eat cereal yes. maybe in our pj's <laughs> um, i know no i'm not bringing my pj's but there's going to be um you know a, a question and answer and i bring it up because that's sort of like um stuff that i've done now for 50 years cuz right. the show you know hasn't really um uh, you know stopped having an audience i mean it continued and it's never been off the air it's constantly been on the air somewhere and um and generating a new audience so yeah. it's, it's it's been a it's been a unique experience
1: so w- when you were on the brady bunch, brady bunch variety hour um were y- were you comfortable with the singing and everything no
0: <laughs> no i was terrible at singing matter of fact when they came back with this idea i i was um I really wanted to be resistant in doing it, but knowing the way that I grew up, um, we didn't have a lot of means and it was, it was like to turn down um, really uh, unique money um, because I didn't want to do Brady anymore at that point. But, it, but at the same time, how do you turn down the money? And the, and the second reason I didn't want to do it is I'd, you know, already had, I already knew how little I had um, talent in, in, in music um and it was it was a dark place for me it turned out m- music but in talking to Sid and Marty um I you know they represented that the show was a variety show and that like you know like the Karen Burnett show you know it, it, uh, Tim Conway didn't sing you know if he's ever in a musical number it's sort of in a com- comic fashion and right. you know and you know um uh, medley or, uh, you yeah, know, it's, it, it's more about his comedy. And see, he's the sketch artist that happens to be in a variety show and he doesn't have to supply the musical talent for it to work. Right. That's exactly how I see myself. I don't, I don't want to be relied on for music. I don't want to do any of the music. And they said, well, we'll have an opening and closing number. And other than that, that we won't, you know, and then we'll just give you, you know, the comedy. And I'm fine with that because I love sketch comedy. Mm-hmm. And, Unfortunately, it didn't completely work out that way. I was I was asked to do um m- a little bit more music than than just the opening and closing. Uh, and, but it was a, looking back on, it was a, you know, it was a I'm a, I'm a reluctant player, right? So I I come to things that are new kind of complaining like, "What? you know, but then after it, it is like, "No, that no, was great." <laughs> so, I I am my worst enemy and need and actually need to be um, more accepting of new experiences. I, 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 frankly, I am accepting of new experiences. I just need to go into them like Bob went into this. You would know that he doesn't have, you know, much experience in singing and dancing, but you look on his face doing this musical, I mean, doing this variety show, and he's having the best time of his life. Mm-hmm. There was none of the angst that I saw him doing when we worked on the, you know, that I would look back on now as saying, oh, that's what that is. That's a little tension. That's angst. Um, from his issues with the scripts uh, on the Brady bunch, yeah. he had none of that with this 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 crazy um, dream of Sids the the, the you know, Brady variety are yeah. and with a pool with swimmers yes, <laughs> That's you know right. they, 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 everybody, <laughs> everybody everybody laughs and Sid lives up in like Drive, right off right like right that the, the street on top of the hill where you can see the world, and um, he's a dream master. He dreams things in full color, and makes them come true. Mm-hmm, yeah. And so all we were we were subject to like how wild his dreams were. <laughs>
1: yeah. Geez. And, yeah, last
0: and week, then Marty made it
1: happen. Yeah, yeah. Sid was on the show last week, and uh, it was fascinating to listen to him talk. It's, it was amazing.
0: They're very they're very sweet uh, individuals, um, and uh, when asked by Derek uh, to uh, to help out. Uh, I'm always willing to try to help him in the theater that he owns. Um, and when telling me that it was CroftCon, thing, at thinking, why is he asking me to do a Croft thing? Because he came up with the idea to honor, the, you know, like, you know, Lidville and all like that other. And I, I know I was a fan. And then I was reminded that, of course he did, uh, that they were the producers of uh, the variety show. Right. And uh, I, you know, there's no, no other Brady's being invited at, at this point, because I think Derek used his Rolodex, the people that he knew, and I was, I think the only Brady that he has contacted. Nonetheless, there should be more, and there probably will be. Uh, Susan, for instance, played Cindy. She wrote. She wrote a um, cocktail table book on the show. I had, and,
1: um, <laughs> I had her on the show. Have, right. She was on the show co- quite a few years ago, and uh, when she had that book released, it's a it's a nice book.
0: It sounds like there's going to be more cross cons, um, and if there are, she should do it because yes. uh, you know she has invested all this time and energy uh, researching. Um, more than just her experience on the show, of course. Um, and uh, there was no time to get her involved in this, but uh, in the future, uh, she should be. Yeah. And maybe even Donnie, you know, if there's time in his life. Yeah. Joe yeah. Marie.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's just amazing how much Sid and Marty Croft did, and they're still doing, I shouldn't say did, but, you know, all the shows they did, and, and, it's, and you look back at the people that were in it, and a lot of things, I mean, they did stuff with Barbara Mandrell and the minstrel sisters that's one of their shows they did uh, they
0: they are greatly admired and loved by um everyone yep. in hollywood i mean they they raised everyone mm-hmm. in hollywood yeah so i mean they are uh they are significant yep. and just and just they, they were sweet people fun people And Barry and I have a podcast, and our podcast is is, um, a, is an episode recap fifty years after, um, and it requires us to watch the episode. Like your friends, we're we're watching probably. In, I, I believe that the last episode I watched I might not have ever seen, um, so um, it's a gas. It's it's been you know illuminating how much more there is still to learn about one another and about our experiences, um, and the podcast is a, a great success um, in accomplishing uh, that and being um, you know sort of a, a, a walk down memory lane mm-hmm. and sharing our, our 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 history, our reminiscing with 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 our audience, you know who's, who, who all know the show better than we do.
1: And where can the people find that?
0: It's available wherever podcasts are downloadable, on Apple, on, on Google. So uh, if you, wherever you get your podcast from, just look for The Real Brady Bros. Very nice.
1: All right. Well, Chris, I know, I know you're getting ready to go on a trip, so <laughs> you've got to get packing. But I'd like to finish up with one final question. Okay. But I want to. Before that, I want to remind everybody that on Saturday, May twenty first, at the Orinda Theater in Arinda, California. Now that's outside the Bay Area of San Francisco. Uh, the bar takes you right to the theater. It's a beautiful theater, and it's East Bay. East Bay. East Bay. Okay. So for those that have any any any
0: clarification of you know where Orinda is, it's uh, it's East Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's even east of Oakland, over the hill. Yes. Under yeah. the hill. Yeah. Through the tunnel.
1: And CroftCon's going to be going on, and you will be there, and a whole bunch Wesley Ewer and and Kathy Coleman and Butch Patrick and just so many other people, and Sid and Marty themselves will be there, so everybody should be sure to check that out. And it's a beautiful theater. They'll love it, and it's going to be a good time. But, Chris, wild times. I want to finish up with one final question. When you relax, and I know you don't because, I mean, we didn't get into all the things. There were so many questions I could have asked you about your, your, your foundations and, and charities you're involved with and everything, but uh, and, and the other things you've done besides your acting. But yeah. when you sit back and relax, what do you enjoy? What TV shows are your favorites now and of the past, and what's your favorite movies now and of the past?
0: I've never um, um, uh, the curiosity uh, itch has never been scratched sufficiently. So I am I am um, I'm immensely curious about everything and how our world works. So I I tend to watch a lot of stuff that is like the documentary realm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I I I'm fascinated by how the world has uh evolved and developed and and uh, and so forth there's a lot of great stuff on that it's about that i certainly am also um intrigued by you know ufos um the the, the prospects of them you know mm-hmm. uh finding gold wherever it might be they, they never find you know so, I'm a so, so are that you too. a fan
1: of uh the uh ancient aliens and um the the curse of oak island <laughs> In those shows? First of all, Kyle. Now,
0: the ancient aliens,
1: yes, to some degree. Now, um
0: so I'm not a crazy UFO. I, I mean I think that there's I mean, um things that we just don't understand. Oh yeah. Are no, there I, I agree with I, you. I love I, you them. know, so I would like to think that there may be, but I can't I can't I, I, I can't recognize that there really are, otherwise they would be easier to track down. But what are these things that we're saying? We don't know. Um, it's like you know apparitions and ghosts and so forth i don't see them myself but i don't doubt that others do um what are they who knows yeah. so those are the things we don't know enough yet to know about or or to be able to grasp maybe someday we will nonetheless i'm quite fascinated with it all you know i'm i'm i am uh, driven by i was going to be when i was going to college a geologist of all things cuz i'm fascinated by you know just the concept of plate tectonics. Just learning that made me more satisfied that I understood what earthquakes were about. After having my experience with the first big earthquake in Los Angeles in 1969, it drove me into <laughs> wanting to learn more about. Okay, so what happened? How does that happen? Why does it happen? Yeah. Um, and you know, just time. You know, and 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 how how systems interact or work. Um, so so yeah. I'm I, I, but I you know I, so. But I also love um, um Ozark um yes. you know Handmaid's Tale uh uh Boys, um uh, there's so many more. Um uh Marvelous Ms. Mrs. Maisel. Yes. Um, there's so many more and they're just not they're so I I get I get so I get a, I binge watch. I kind of wait till the entire series is on. Mm-hmm. Um Killing Eve was another one. Um Lost in Space. I really loved you know one the series that I heard just got canceled. I loved it. Was was uh, uh Space Force. Yes. Uh, um, yes. Team Trail Space Force. I just <laughs> thought was you know Malkovich was brilliant in it. They were all brilliant. Yes. Yeah. Um I had to see that it's gone. Um Raised by, Raised by Wolves is fascinating. Vikings before that for the umpteenth season. Um, I'm not a. I'm not a criminologist. My wife is constantly watching, um, you know, cult, uh, um, uh, forensic files documentaries. You know, um, I'm certain that I need to keep an eye open. Because she's. <laughs> I keep, I tell my friends. I say, if you find any antifreeze in my garage. You know something's wrong because I have an electric car. So <laughs> she didn't just... have any antiprisa. Um Yeah, but she's fascinated with that stuff, mm. and, and, um, and 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 not necessarily me. Although you know, she's gotten me more uh, fascinated in the sort of um, um what would you call it? Not it's not a call. Co- I mean the the whole past lives thing. Um, with Tyler Henry, you know, so he's sort of an extraordinary version of somebody who I'm, I had an experience with that, you know, is, uh, was, uh, second to none yes. and unexpected. So, you know, that's why I say that there's just something there that I just don't get. You know, I'm not sure I want to get it. I have enough trouble in this space and time. So, um, <clears throat> I, uh, fascinated by it, but, um, yeah, as soon as I, I see my first alien, I'll be ready to ready to go then to, you know, check out other lifetimes. Um, yeah, so I'm, I, you know, there's endless stuff to watch. I, You know, I, I, I subscribe to uh, uh, Curiosity, uh, the Curiosity Channel, um, uh, and what Discovery Plus and yeah, History, and, 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 and those are my channels, and how to build things, you know, how things work. So, like, oh, great another show is um, Drive to Survive. Fascinating. F1, okay. you know. So I'm, 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 I'm like any guy there, you know, I just love, I like things that move and, uh, and things that blow up.
1: What, what about movies? You had a favorite, something you turn the channels and all of a sudden, you oh, see well, I think,
0: I mean, I think I'm, I think I'm still affected in looking for a boost, um, from avatar, you know, uh, fan, uh, uh fantasy or adventure. Yeah. And I love, I mean, what, what, what Marvel is doing what Disney, I mean, everything from what Disney does on one end with animation, um, uh despicable me and, and you know and and now i just watched uh, the other day the 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 trailer for um lightyear buzz yes, lightyear, buzz lightyear. Yeah. um i just can't wait you know it's i and i love the superhero thing um I think we're all a little too affected by the superhero. We're waiting for a superhero to actually solve some of the problems that are here on Earth, but there's not going to be one. That's a fantasy. Um, but it, it does it does scratch a need to know that maybe you know. Um, I bet I want to always be aware when it's real and when it's you know satisfying a, uh, a fantasy. Yeah. You know. But uh yeah so I'm I'm a big fan of, of the entire Marvel universe. Um Star Wars not as much and Star Trek not as much, but fan. Mhm. Yeah. Um just not over the top. Um I think I um but I am with the I don't know why that I wasn't a comic book reader but I think they have pulled me in since you know I didn't want you know read it but I am watching. I'm yeah. watching I'm watching everything, you know, from you know I, as a kid, I think the most um, – uh, my favorite cartoon was Gigantor, mm-hmm. which yep. oddly is about a kid controlling a robot um, with, a, you know, a radio-controlled robot. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of there now. Um, but, uh, you know, I I have – you know, I, I'm a sucker for it. So. Yeah. Yeah. But I want them to find the gold on Oak Island. I mean, wouldn't I mean? Oh, I think yeah. it's ironic though that if they ultimately find something that is imp- more important than the gold, um, that that would be really cool. I, I mean, always wonder what that happens would,
1: if there's something we shouldn't be finding. <laughs> you know, if somebody went yeah, that, well, uh, that far it, to, to bury it, <laughs> there's you know, that's yeah, not an know, easy I, thing to get back.
0: You're, you're, you're tapping into a belief in supernatural there. Right. I, I just think that there's if there's something here that that's historic, and it seems to have already. Um, it'd be proof that we can roll back the date that the United States was actually, uh, discovered and or um, exactly inhabited. Yeah. Um, that, um, that's, that's really kind of cool mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, it's it, just some, some civilians, you know, in their interest and pursuit of, uh, again, um, uh, learning, being curious about something enough to invest mm-hmm. as heavily as they have. Um, then to see that that could, you know, change history or change our understanding right. of history.
1: Right, yeah, yeah. Well, and Chris,
0: I hope they find the gold.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Chris, I, I cannot thank you enough for joining us. It's It's been so much fun, and I uh, do appreciate you. Uh, coming on and sharing with us and uh, talking about uh, all the things you've done and also CroftCon coming up on May 21st at the Orinda Theatre in Orinda, California. You're going to be there. People can go meet you and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: It will be a lot of fun, Brian. I want to thank you for having me on today. This has been fun.
1: Christopher Knight, I want to thank him so much for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. Peter Brady has joined us, Cindy Brady has joined us before, and you can listen to that as you go into our past reruns and everything. And we've also had Jan Brady, actually two Jan Bradys, the original, and the one that was on, the Sid and Marty Croft. Uh, the Brady Bunch Variety Hour. So uh, it's a lot of things we've had here, a lot of people and a lot of different shows and everything. So be sure to check those out, go into our rerun section and hear them all. And we'll see, you know, maybe someday we'll have some more of the Brady's on here at On Screen and Beyond. And uh, it's a lot of fun having... Uh, Christopher here, he's a great guy, and be sure to check him out if you are going to CroftCon on Saturday, May 21st. He will be there, along with uh, Butch Patrick, who was, of course, Eddie Munster. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's going to be so much fun. They're going to have some great people there, Wesley Ure, and and uh, it's just going to be a lot of activities going on. And uh, it's, it's just going to be a blast. So be sure to check that out. And, uh, well, we are coming up toward an end of another episode, the 600th episode of On Screen and Beyond. And I want to thank you all so much who have uh, been listening to On Screen and Beyond. For some of you have been listening since day one, uh, back uh, 15 years ago when we first started. And I appreciate it. uh, And I've communicated with a lot of you. And it's a lot of fun to talk to you. I really do enjoy that. And I love hearing from you. And also all of you that are new uh, and just finding On Screen and Beyond. And uh, we appreciate you taking the time to listen to it. We hope we bring you some joy and uh, you enjoy listening to these people who uh, either you've grown up with watching on TV uh, or in music or movies or whatever, uh, or you uh, you know are discovering them. It's, uh, it's always interesting to hear. And uh, like I said, we've had a lot of great guests here at On Screen and Beyond over the years. And uh, be sure to check those out. Uh, we are working on getting the website, uh, or I am working. I shouldn't say we, it's me, uh, that is working on that. Uh, the, I sort of stepped away a little bit trying to get everything else going. And get, keeping guests here, we've had a very busy time here working on CroftCon, so uh, we've got that uh, you know going. And uh, if you are at CroftCon, be sure to check out. If you see the um, the clang clang running around from the HR puff and stuff, uh, I, I built those. I made those costumes, so you know, it's it's it's, it's uh, you know something that uh, you can watch, uh, look at, and uh, it's kind of neat. But uh, anyways, uh, you know. Uh, you can go and listen to all those episodes that we have in the past and uh, just download as many as you can. It helps us out because uh, it keeps us going and gets our numbers up. And it also will turn around and get us the ability to get some more guests here as we continue on On Screen and Beyond. Also, if you get a chance, uh, if you are getting it on uh, either iTunes or Spotify or Podbeam or wherever you do it, if you could leave us a review or five-star review, whatever, whatever. Uh, that would be great. It helps more people hear about the show. And, uh, you know, it just makes makes it uh, rather than just me talking to myself. Uh, it's, you know, it's kind of nice to know that people are listening to On Screen and Beyond. And if you get a chance, be sure to go to uh, Podcast Magazine. Uh, we have uh, hit the into the top 10 uh, for last month. And each month they turn around and do a new a new thing, so you can, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of like it reminds me of like Casey Kasem type thing, you know, they have the or Billboard magazine where they have the top 100, but this is the top, uh, the hot 50 is what they call it. You can go there, you can vote on the hot 50. You just got to put your name and uh, your email, and uh, also uh, turn around and uh, you know, vote for on screen to be on, hopefully. And uh, then they rate them at the end of the month. And last month we were number nine. So uh, that's that's great. We appreciate that. And I didn't even know this was going on, but somebody told me about it. And uh, all of a sudden we're seeing that we're rising in the charts. So uh, we really do thank you for that. And we hope you get a chance you can do you can vote daily, so uh you know they just let you do it once once a day and if you could do that, that would be good because a lot of people look at uh podcast magazine and they look at the charts and if they see us, they'll say, "Hey, oh, what's that? Let me check this out." And hopefully they will enjoy, too, listening to all the the guests over, you know, actually, we say this is the 600th episode, but we've actually had more than 600 guests because we've also had uh, some shows where, he, where we had doubled guests. So uh, it's, uh, you know, just a lot of people you can listen to and uh, hopefully bring back some memories. So that's it. So that's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when you once again take you on screen and beyond. I'm Brian Zimrack. Take care.